Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Have you ever experienced a dry, itchy scalp or ever wondered why your color isn't lasting as long as your hairdresser promised? Well, unfiltered, mineral-filled water could be the reason why. Did you know hard water is a leading cause of damaged hair and dry, irritated skin? And that about 85% of the United States uses hard water filled with dissolved minerals and added chlorine. That's where Canopy's new filtered showerhead comes in. Known for their beauty hacks and reimagined humidifier, Canopy is dermatologist recommended. This unique three-stage filtration system greatly reduces contaminants and odors in your shower water. Best of all, the Canopy filtered showerhead is hassle-free, installation's a breeze, and its unique quick-release filter replacement feature allows for seamless filter replacement. Go to canopy.co to save $25 on your Canopy filtered showerhead purchase today with Canopy's hassle-free filter subscription. Even better, Gore listeners can use our code ROSES at checkout to save an additional 10% off your Canopy purchase. Hurry, your hair and skin will thank you. Creams and serums are made of 70% water, 15% preservatives and emulsifiers, leaving only around 15% for the active ingredients that your skin needs. But luckily now, there's fiber skincare. 15 years ago, the scientists behind fiber skincare started working on nanofibers, which are 500 times smaller than human hair. You know, I I saw that in um, Three Body Problem. Mm. One year ago, they patented a way of wrapping the nanofiber around oil or liquid-based ingredients. This means they can deliver five times the active ingredients compared to creams or serums, as there is no need for water, preservatives, or emulsifiers. The first formulation made with this technology is plant-based, anti-wrinkle. Uh, it's a set of patches that you use over a series of seven days. You just put these on whenever you would apply your serums, and your skin is going to feel tighter in 10 seconds. And over the seven-day oh. program, it has been clinically proven to reduce wrinkles by, get this, 19.4%, a very precise percentage. In fact... Mm. They have a tighter skin guarantee. If your skin isn't tighter in seven days, they're going to give you your money back. No questions asked. You get the tighter skin guarantee with this seven-day routine. Tighter skin or your money back. Get a 15% discount code by using the discount code GAME. That's Fiber Skincare. It's the Game of Roses. Welcome to the Game of Roses. This is the game of roses. Welcome to the game of roses. I didn't want to go about it this way, but because it became a deal breaker, like I don't want that to be a deal breaker with us. This is the hard part to say, but like I was in love with her. And I was in love with each of you two. I am in love with both of you. And I also was 
intimate with both of you. Welcome to Game of Roses. This is Pace Case. This is Bachelor Clues. Renewed. Rejuvenated with a brand new <laughs> infusion of Vial. Oh my God. I thought you were about to start doing some sort of ad. I was like, I'm confused. What are we doing here? <laughs> I'm doing an ad for the Vial Files. We got to see him. The great one returned to the game tonight and delivered some uh, advice or whatever the fuck he did. I'm mad at him, Clues. You're mad at him? Why is that? Because I was tricked. He tricked me. Into? I saw that TikTok. So Nick Vile did this TikTok about how tonight was going to be the craziest Bachelor finale ever and like nothing that you've ever seen. Wow, 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 wow. And then it's not unlike nothing we've ever seen. We've seen many things like this. It's almost exactly like season 24, in fact. He tricked me. He just meant, I'm in this episode, you have to watch. Of course. That's why it's unlike anything else, because he gave out the best advice that's ever been given by anyone in the history of the game. That's the most dramatic moment. Okay. There were some pretty wild, wild moments, but most of them were around the periphery of the game. Totally. Wait, before we get into it, we have one piece of business. Pitt... We are going to be doing our first sanctioned book signing at Skylight Books in Los Angeles on Saturday, April 2nd, 2022 at 3 p.m. That's 1818 North Vermont Avenue, skylightbooks.com for more details. Come get your book signed. And bring other things if you want us to sign other things. T-shirts. Uh, Jar of sauce. <laughs> These are the allowed <laughs> items. I will not sign literally anything. Clues has less restrictions than me. I'll sign anything. I don't care. Even cans of sauce, which did happen before. Anything? Yeah, anything you want to bring, I'll sign. No, that's a bad thing to say. What? <laughs> I mean, objects. <laughs> I, nothing crazy, like books and little, like a can of sauce or something, or some game of rose, like a t-shirt or something like that. Okay, you do have restrictions, you're saying. Within reason, yeah. I didn't mean anything. Okay, well... I'll sign the things that were mentioned. Clues will sign those things, plus maybe a few other ones, but not anything. (laughs) (laughs) April 2nd, 3 p.m., Skylight Books. Okay. And now, let's do what we came here to do. This is the season finale, the first half of the season finale of uh, season 26, historic season, Clay Eckerd, Ultimate Viking. Your smile is the highest I've seen it in years. There's so much (laughs) that happened in this. Nick Vile has given you a glow. It's not Vial. He's a small part of this. We're going to get to it right now. Here it is. And now, Pace Case and Bachelor Clues proudly present analysis of play in this week of our beloved game. This is Game of Roses. You're still glowing. Of course I am. It it was one second since you just said it to me last time. (laughs) So in the finale, we're looking for our finalists to meet the family of the lead. Those are the big things that are going to happen. And we're looking for that family to give glows, potentially blessings, some future casting. We saw, we didn't see a blessing tonight, but we did see a future cast and we did see glows. So, and Mm -hmm. we saw a bunch of fucking tears coming out of everybody. And tears, tear play. But we're seeing this head-to-head matchup between two star, star players. Some of the strongest players we've ever seen. Gabby, Wendy, and 
Rachel, Rachel, Rekia. And so we come into the intro. Tonight, the shocking finale of The Bachelor begins. We see Love Level Fouring from Gabby, a kiss. We see the fake Huju, a bunch of recap shots. Clayton falling in love with his final three women, but Susie walked away from love. And Clayton is on the <laughs> brink of despair, says DLP. What happens next is truly unlike anything we've ever seen on The Bachelor. We see Ultimate Viking in a church. Then he's confessing to Gabby and Rachel. There's the tears on the stairs. It's dramatic. Gabby tears. Recky tears. Dad tells him he screwed the pooch. More tears. I'm so <laughs> broken. It's live and it all starts right now. Let's go. DLP is really leaning hard into this narrator and he's doing a pretty good job as we begin portion one. After all this despair that DLP has just been telling us about and I'm broken, we enter the studio to see the audience. All, everybody, he's got a giant gleaming white smile. The audience is cheering. Yay, despair. We fucking love despair. Whoa. Everybody's clapping. <laughs> we get a close up then of two audience members holding up a sign. This sign was my wowie moment of the week and the two players holding it were my Jorge 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 Moreno bystander of the week This sign says Bachelor Nation, and then it is something in what I believe is Russian, text under it. Now, what I did when I saw this was I took a photograph on my phone, and then I Google image search those phrases, whatever language it was. That's very smart. Thank you. The sign reads, Bachelor Nation supports Ukraine. Now, this is the first three seconds, maybe, of the actual main program. This is as dystopian as it fucking gets, ladies and gentlemen. This is these two. They could be actors. I don't know. Maybe they're actual fans, whatever. They've been selected by the producers to hold this sign that the producers have made that's cheerful. The font is like cartoony, and it is talking about a potential World War Three. These two players or these two people are standing up. Yay, yay, yay. Holding the sign. The whole audience is cheering and smiling. It's it was the most bizarre <laughs> thing I've seen in this game in a long time in terms of having some reference to or reflection of the outside world, some big major world event. It was very reminiscent to me of Nick Vial season 21 with the Make America Corinne again hats. Absolutely, because it's the only connection to what is going on in the outside world. They don't discuss it at any point. We don't have any. There's no community service fundraiser, nothing like that. It's just this one sign, which we talked about last week. We're like, the signs are becoming more and more like propagandistic. Yes. And then to have a, one that is just purely like, we support Ukraine. I... It was very dystopian. There was one more moment that I found to be more dystopian later in this, but right off the bat, this episode, DLP says what we're about to see is going to rock Bachelor Nation and all of America right down to its core. I'm like, what we just saw, I'm already rocked. My core. It is just such an intense color style on the sign. Oh, it's bright pink. It's bright Ooh. pink with 
big yellow letters, everybody's smiling and happy. What do you think the, is the language choice also? Like why, why would they put it in Russian? I don't know. <laughs> it's just a very strange thing. And it's how we start this finale. This is the first thing that you really see that is like, oh, your eye goes right to it and wonders what the fuck is that sign immediately. And now the rest of the show plays out. Again, this is the first under 10 seconds of the main program that sign appears. I mean, what a document already. We cut back to the finale and we are back in Reykjavik and we are <laughs> going to be rocked to our core again immediately. We see this tall church and then we see two full choirs of people, mostly dressed in black, performing choral music while Clayton is sitting in like one of the back pews. I got some news for you. That choir ain't there. <laughs> uh, what do you mean, Clues? <laughs> I mean that choir ain't there. They took... Shots of that choir doing their thing. Then they took shots of the Ultimate Viking <laughs> sitting in an empty church and they cut them together to make it look like he was there. Now, if you want to say that this is something in Conspiracy Town population me, fine. I would absolutely like to file this under <laughs> Conspiracy Town. We have no evidence to suggest that he was not in that church. <laughs> we have no evidence. You're right. We have no hardcore evidence. I'm not an editor on the program or anything. Yep. And that is usually <laughs> when we file it under Conspiracy Town, when there's no evidence. I would say that's usually been our demarcation. Okay, fine. Let's say it was real. Even weirder, in my opinion. This, the tone <laughs> of the scene, this is the opening scene when we're back in the program of the main game. It is horror movie style. It's church chanting as he's sitting there pondering, you know, this or that. It is such a weird horror movie moment. And they've been hitting that tone. They did it with Shanae a bunch this season. They've been hitting that horror movie tone, in this case, I think, inadvertently, which, again, is just like they go from Russian, we, are, we stand with Ukraine and a Russian sign, to now this weird <laughs> horror movie with a choir that's not there. They're a phantom choir. Well, there was one person in this choir who was probably not a phantom. The leader, the conductor of this choir was strutting his stuff and getting them to perform the most heart-wrenching, creepy music ever for Clayton's Ponder Shots, and he was my... <laughs> Jorge, 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 Jorge Moreno, bystander of the week. week, 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 week. Yeah, I'm not saying that the choir didn't do a good job, for sure. I'm just saying they weren't in that church at the same time as, as the Ultimate Viking. They did it somewhere else. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they just were in a different church. Right. Of course. I mean, singing, it's not good if you're singing. That spreads COVID. Oh. So. Well, hopefully they all survived. Well, Clayton is at a lo low point, obviously. We see him in an ITM say, I feel terrible. I was so upset and angry. This is regarding his conversation with Susie. Fantasy Suites week last week. I'm so messed up at this point. I want to believe love is here, but I need somebody to help me because I'm so broken. And this is this line that we have seen over and over this whole season. We're like, what is going to break? And he's going to break down in tears. And we get that tear play here. It's unbelievable to me because they were the I'm so broken line really, in my opinion, was the fence jump. 
And usually they build yeah. up to that moment. Here it's just like a throwaway ITM that starts the whole show. They've had a lot of trouble this season, I think, putting this show together correctly, building to the necessary dramatic moments. And here they just show again that they whoever's making the show this season does not have the acumen necessary to build to these moments. They have good stuff happening in the season. They just don't know how to construct it properly. Certainly not like we did. I mean, shit, do you remember back in season 23, The Fence Jump? Of course. And I was reminded of it a lot tonight. <laughs> that shit was insane. <laughs> As was I. But in a, a, a kind of diminished way, you know? But anyway, I digress. We then see two geese. Not my creatures of the week. And then DLP mm-hmm. meets the Ultimate Viking on a bench. And the Ultimate Viking no, doesn't know fully what happened. He's like, I was blindsided. And to feel that everything that he and Susie had was nothing. He explains that Susie told him to explore the relationships fully. And all she would have had to do was tell him at any point beforehand. And DLP is like, hmm, yep. As though he doesn't know the producers made it like that, prohibited her from telling him specifically for that end. And so DLP asked him what he's questioning right now. And Ultimate Viking, Viking says, Susie's done. Where does he go from there? And DLP is like, well, look, you've still got the rose ceremony. And there's two other players that are expecting a rose and to meet your parents and to be proposed to. He's reminding him, you're under contract, motherfucker. You have to play out the rest of the yeah. season. That's essentially the subtext of what he's saying here. We need more than one portion. We need a portion two. And so portion two begins, although we already know Clayton has these walls up now. And the women are getting ready for rose ceremony. Rekia's greatest fear is that Clayton is love level three or four with Gabby or Susie. She repeats that they've love level four. She doesn't need anything else but the ring. She meets Dark Lord Palmer outside the rose ceremony and he checks in on everyone's love levels. She updates him. We then see Gabby tell DLP that they had love level threed. And we see the rose pedestal, which is ice, which is cool. That is cool. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Did you notice also that at the beginning of this portion and in in portion one, DLP refers to this as the rose ceremony from hell. He makes very sure that he's branded that. Oh, yeah. And he keeps saying it again and again and again. Rose ceremony from hell. And he said he came up with it. We were told a lot of people did a lot of things that I don't think they actually did in this. When we get to the end and it's like, my mom and dad found this great Airbnb. It's like, excuse me? (laughs) Yeah, that was very strange. (laughs) I think they, they had some money from Airbnb. Because there were two mentions of it. Anyway, we'll get to it. So. God, I just get tricked just constantly. No matter how much I learn. I know. So, I mean, there's still shit in here that I'm learning too. But I'm always like, why are they saying that? Why are they saying that twice? Anyway, we'll get to it. Once I'm 49. No, once I'm 50 years old, I'll be out of the demographic. And then these things won't work on me. I'll be set in my ways. (laughs) The sauce won't (laughs) taste as good anymore. Yeah, once I'm not in the Target demo. Gabby items knowing that somebody's going to get hurt tonight and she hopes he's figured out what he wants and she hopes that is going to be a future with her. They stand at the podium. This this crystal clear glass thing that you're talking about looks like ice. The whole thing is like snow and they're... I mean, I thought it was ice. I mean, fuck, maybe. I feel like it would have melted a long time ago while they're all crying on the stairs. But they are made to guess here about the whereabouts of Susie. They force uh, Wendy and Recky to stand side by side and wonder what the fuck happened to Susie. They whisper about the possibility of her having gone home, but knowing that, in quotes, anything can happen at this point. They're both students of the game. 
And then the Ultimate Viking shows up and we get this big scene where he's going to have to tell them the truth. Well, first, he entered in a gigantic tweed jacket looking like Inspector Gadget. Yeah, I noticed that as well. Yeah. Or he looked like, have you seen Umbrella Academy on Netflix? Yes. The big brother who's like the giant guy that got, they spliced him with like gorilla DNA or something. I forget like how they made him like that, but I think that was his his deal. He does look like that guy. They like gave him some weird genetic shit that turned him like gigantic. That's what he reminds me of. But he comes to the podium and we get this scene that we've been waiting for the entire season. He explains that Susie isn't there and he tells them all what happened. He was shattered into pieces, he says, at the moment that she left, and it made him question everything. The person that's standing in front of you is not the person you were last with, he says. Very reassuring to everybody who's just played their love levels and their heightened chemistry games. I've been in so many other people. (laughs) And then uh, the Elizabeth Viking says, Yesterday, Susie told me that if I had told either of you I was in love, or been intimate with you that she would not continue this journey and she felt that was over for us. So it had me questioning everything with her and what I had. And then they put up for the first time a picture in picture, little head in a box of a fan watching this moment. And I'm like, have we ever seen them do that at these super dramatic moments like this? Just random fans. Sometimes they'll throw in a mom or another player, somebody like Jermaine to it, but I've never seen this where it's just like an audience member like, what the fuck? It was so many random fans and they were all beautiful. So I sort of am going back on board with your theory that they're all actors now. I think some are for sure. (laughs) They were very expressive. There was one woman who I think in that moment, I I took a picture of her and she's on my Instagram right now. Insane face play. Oh my God. I took a picture of one. I wonder if it's the same one. Is it this one? No, she was great too though. Mine is in my Instagram right now. Her face is kind of like, what the fuck is he doing? That type of a face. Like, oh my God, I can't believe I'm seeing it. (laughs) No, that lady's good too, though. Face Case is just showing me all these pictures on her fucking phone over the Zoom right now. These people's faces watching The Bachelor. That's where we're at. We're now just in a Zoom phone call with each other, showing each other fucking our phones. As You asked me, you're like, did you notice? (laughs) Did you notice the fans and screens? And I'm like, yeah, I think I took a picture of one and I have like 10 different (laughs) women I've taken (laughs) pictures of on this. It couldn't be fucking helped. It was insane. And those are the only pictures I took. I was like, this is so weird. Well, nonetheless, this is the first one we get. And uh, then... Yeah, do you like it? Do you want more? Do you want fewer? Fewer. I don't like the main game document to be broken in any Mm -hmm. way. I don't like cutting back to the studio audience. I'm just like, show me the fucking game. I don't give a fuck about any of this other stuff. It's immaterial to me. Unless I'm seeing players doing something in the live audience as well. Mm-hmm. Unless you're seeing... Yeah, I mean... Some alum, you know, starting their stuff one last time. One last time? Oh, no, 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 no. He will be back many more times. How much is this, is this man paying you? Nothing. I Look, there is a pleasure I get from listening to him talk. I can't explain it. ASMR. It has all the good elements. There's just so many layers of what is going on beneath what he's saying that I like to really dissect. We'll get to it. We'll get to it. Anyway, in the middle of Clayton's most important paragraph he has said all season, he says, Susie felt it was over for us. It had me questioning everything. At the end, I couldn't even look her in the face and didn't know who I was looking at. 
I didn't want to go about it this way, but because it became a deal breaker for her, I don't want that to be a deal breaker with us. This is the hard part to say. I was in love with her. Love level four. And I was in love with each of you too. Love level four. Love level four. Love level four. And I am in love with both of you. And I also was intimate with both of you. (laughs) Consummation, consummation. I know it's not easy to hear. I do believe there's a light at the end of the tunnel. Instant tear play from Gabby, which I thought was magnificent. Very for TRR. Very for TRR. And you know in this moment. He he also then says like the light at the end of the tunnel thing, but he doesn't know... (laughs) which one of them it's going to be with. And he knows it's not ideal. And then he's like, and now I formally open the floor for questions. Do you have anything to say for yourselves? And they both just fucking stand there completely silent. Then they both walk off down the stairs in opposite directions. It did seem like he was like, now's the Q&A. I mean, they obviously told him to do it like this. Of course, because they're shooting it all. Like so many people had to force him like so many conversations had to happen to make this moment happen. And I'm like, did he not realize at all during any of that prodding that this is not the way to go about this? But, you know, they did it to Rekia and Wendy too, because what they should have, I don't know what their impulse was, but what the play they should have made in that moment is walked off together and strategized together. Mm. But the producers separate them. Isolated. Make your decision independent of the other one. Prisoner's dilemma. Exactly. Because they could have like, I mean, they could have just destroyed the show right there if they wanted to. How would they destroy the show if, you know, the last two finalists ever wanted to have that experimental idea? Oh, they just walk off. They leave immediately gone. Bye bye. That's what I thought was going to happen when we were like, oh, it's something that we've never seen before. Or this is also a moment where you can go strategize and be like, look. Here's what I say we do. I know this is crazy as fuck. I say we go back in there and we tell him thruple. thruple. Yeah. And that would be groundbreaking as well. Yep. You had your thruple voice. That was what- <laughs> <laughs> My thruple voice is like a used car salesman. Look, I want to give you the best deal on a car. It's like so um, so anyway, they go off. They're <laughs> pondering themselves, weighing their odds, each of them here for crown. What should they do? Rachel's weeping mm-hmm. on the stairs. The shot we've seen in the promos, they put her sobs over all of these next shots of Clayton. And I think it's real because they reference it when... Turned up the volume. Yeah, definitely turned up the volume and sweetened it. But we see Gabby telling a producer that this isn't fair and she doesn't want to be at the end if it's not going to be her, if it's like this. And we hear Recky is sobbing again, echoing off the walls. And then she gets her producer conversation and she's like, he's in love with two other people. Like, I'm not that way. Uh, we've never seen the differences in love levels I felt like used this way before. She's like, he's in love with two other people, not just yeah. falling in love. Differentiating love level three and four. I thought that that was like truly a professional era moment where we're having yeah. this just super open gameplay speech, even in a finale, even from one of the front runners while she's crying after this big moment. Well, she's her whole town is in the pit. We know that. That's true. <laughs> That's true. I think some brothers, too, are, are in the pit a little bit. Bro glows. We come back to the audience at this point. There is no more cheering. No one smiling anymore. Stunned silence. This moment, at least as perceived by this audience or as presented through the reaction of the audience they cut in, is more serious. Has less sound. Than the war in Ukraine. Than the Ukraine sign. Yes. (laughs) Now, this is something we need to take seriously, pay attention to. The Ukraine thing, though. Fuck it. We support Ukraine. Yay. Moment of silence. For Rachel, Rachel, Rekia. 
Indeed. And that portion three begins. These snow, snow images and the sound effects. Rose ceremony from a frozen tundra. Hell. <laughs> And Rookie is still sobbing and she's sobbing to the producer. He's in love with all three of us. I feel like I can't breathe. Gabby tells her producer she doesn't know what to do. DLP comes to console the ultimate Viking as we're still hearing these sobs echoing off the walls from Rachel Rekia and ultimate Vikings telling him that it kills him to see this happening like this. He knows it's ridiculous to love them both. You can't understand it unless you go through it. And Gabby then starts walking toward them. Because I got this vulnerable that this happened. I like this explanation. It's the process. I gave into the process. You know, you told me to get vulnerable. Yep. I'm just following orders, sir. Gabby then starts walking toward them and Ultimate Viking's like, oh, here comes Gabby. And they kind of take a moment to see if she's going to stop. She just fucking blows right by him. And I was like, oh, shit. This is fucking getting good now. Gabby is about to elevate herself. That's what I felt like here. Yeah. Or the bathroom is over there. That could have been as well. Dark Lord Palmer tells Clayton, this is so hard, bro. They're hurt right now. Clayton says, I knew it was going to, but they deserve to know. But I can't go into a relationship with secrets. I just want to continue with both of them. Very, very Charlie O'Connell here. Remember that? I can't make my decision in the finale. I need to keep dating both of them. That's essentially what we're seeing here. He's done it a little earlier. It's still in the context of the actual game, the main game. Charlie O'Connell did it Mm -hmm. after the finale. (laughs) God, he was good. Anyway, DLP ends this little interaction uh, by saying, I wish you the best. Calls him brother again. Issues a dark shoulder touch. That was nice to see, I thought. Mm, STCO. A DLP TCO. DLP TCO. And then Ultimate Viking is sitting on some chairs, pondering, and Gabby returns to talk to him. She tells him, this is like so much. He apologizes to her and says that it's all real, everything he's been feeling, and he's scared because of what happened last night. And she asked him to explain what happened uh, with Susie because Susie's not there. And so maybe that would help. And Ultimate Viking just goes right into it. <laughs> Talks about the post-facto ultimatum. And Gabby's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He starts talking about like how they were intimate. She's like, okay, okay. You don't have to tell me everything. Jesus Christ, dude, that's fine. <laughs> like He doesn't get it. He's like on this trip where he's just like, I have to be totally honest at all times. He's like, look, I would have consummated with Susie also, for sure. Just 100% honesty. And here's a list of all the celebrities I would also. (laughs) He pulls out his phone. I need you to know everyone that I have been intimate with. Here you go. Here's all my diaries. (laughs) Here's my porn search history. You need to know everything. And then they get into this conversation about love and... Clayton says, I'm going to pick whoever I love the most. And this this uh, sets off a radar for Gabby. She sees it. And she's like... She sees her out. This is like in baseball, okay? <laughs> when you're fucking up at the plate and it's like major important fucking moment in the game. It's three balls, two strikes. And you're like, I know this motherfucker is going to throw a curveball. I know it. And so you're waiting and you're watching to see the rotation of the ball. All you need to do is catch one seam of that ball and you can tell it's a curveball. And she sees it right here. He does it. He throws it. And she's like, there's the curveball. Watch me fucking knock it out of the park. Katong. And she just fucking swings and crushes it. I mean, he threw the curveball in the speech. Well, here though, he's saying this thing about like the level of love because she's still on the hook at this point. She's still like, fuck, what do I do? What do I do? And then he's like, well, I, you know, I love you different levels. Like it's going to be the one who I love the most. And she's like, there's the curveball. Yeah. Boom. I don't play that game. I need to be loved, not loved the most. 
I'm not looking to be fucking measured out. So he gives it to her and it's hard to find in this little thing, but she finds it and she fucking goes in for the kill. This was a beautiful moment. I would have given this my play of the game, her recognition that this is her out. He gave it to her. He opened the door and she walked right fucking through it. Oh God, it was brilliant. Yeah. Cause she does need to have a line to say in the rose ceremony when she's going to do whatever she does. Stay tuned. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, whatever she might be doing. Clayton then says, I am in love. He's reiterating that love level for, are you going to walk out of here? And Gabby's like, it's great if I'm in the end, but what if I'm not? And then there's a line played off face here where she says, this is fucked. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if they've added that in as like giving her more of a, Woman needing vengeance. I don't know either. And she ITMs that he's not being fair right now. I don't think you tell multiple women that you love them, thinking there's no consequences, knowing that there's steps along the way we have to get through. Him saying it's the one I love the most. Wrong fucking answer, which is a great line. Love isn't measured. You can't measure it, so don't say that. And she's also using tear play here. It is. I mean, Gabby is on fire. Yeah. She's she's essentially like, this is when you watch a game and, oh, LeBron James is playing tonight and it's an important game against like the fucking Golden State Warriors or something for some divisional placement. Michael Jordan. Well, I mean, he retired a while ago. They don't, he doesn't still play Michael Jordan. Well, I know, but you know, you picture him <laughs> in his prime. One of the best basketball players ever. I'm just saying LeBron has this ability to like turn it on when he fucking needs to. He can just become Mm. like, oh, I'll just score 60 points now. And you're like, what the fuck? She did that here. She's been a good player all season. But like this was that moment where she's just like, let me just go ahead and like raise this fucking level, which she does. Loved it. And then we end portion three again with the cold wind blowing outside and the the editors throw that sound effects on it. I love the storm brewing outside. (laughs) It sounds like those like claymation, like Christmas movies. (laughs) Then we even open portion four with more snow and sound effects. Like they're just fucking doing as much as they can. Yeah. Recky is still crying on the stairs. (laughs) She ITM. She feels really heartbroken. Literally thought there couldn't be a chance. He was in love with all three of us in love. She reiterates that love level four. It feels like it meant nothing. You know, she's having her moment here, too, which is sort of like a Sleucian, you took this from me kind of thing. Yep, a little bit, but she's weighing it. Like, they're both weighing Bachelor at odds here when they're going through all these conversations. They are smart enough to know that, like, this is it. This moment's going to make or break you for Bachelorette, and if you want to go for Ring, mm-hmm. the path is open. And I think Rekia does by her reaction. Oh, Rekia is 100% going for Ring. Yeah, and Gabby's going for Crown. I think they like are pretty yeah. clearly trying different strategies here because Rekia comes back to him to have this conversation and uh, they go to this little bench. She says she's in a lot of pain. She's scared <laughs> putting up her walls and she struggled so hard. And he says the love that he feels for Rachel is different than the love he feels for Gabby. He's using this weird, like different levels, different qualities of love. He has different feelings in different ways. It's love A and B, not one and two. And then she says that she's been struggling because she was waiting to hear love level four from him. And then to hear that he said it to two other people, she doesn't know how to express that feeling. She then love level fours him Again, that is when, you know, fuck, she's going for the ring Mm -hmm. because she's basically saying, I feel crazy here, but I have to do this. I still love you. 
And she says, I'm so yeah. in love with you. And I feel like my heart's breaking tears. She's now guilting him back into this one, putting a little more weight on her relationship. She puts her head in his lap, even sobs. Yeah, crying on him. Yeah, it, it was a fantastically done ring strategy, I thought. I feel like somehow Gabby and Rekia have planned this <laughs> with just how perfectly both of them are playing the two different avenues. It does feel like that. I think Gabby has always been playing a crown game and had a few brief flickers where she was like, maybe I'll play a ring game, but nah. She's always been <laughs> in it for the crown and she's she's sticking with it, you know? And we see in this moment, by the way, when Rekki is crying in his lap that we get more fans in the box, their heads, truly savoring <laughs> the suffering. Like, this is what the show's really about. We want to see people cry and be destroyed. And that's all we're getting this season. And we want to see that they have like audience members looking like they're crying. Like they're, <laughs> yeah. they're like, you should be feeling how these audience members are feeling right now. It's very strange. It's like when you have like people clapping at a political debate, you know, mm -hmm. like, oh, that was a good joke. I totally agree. It feels similar. But then we're back to Reki and she's telling him that it's hard to understand how we can love three different people. And he says, I know, I know, I know. But we could end up at the end of this. So it's not over unless you feel like it needs to be over. But I feel like it's worth fighting for. He, love level four is her. She says she's scared, but it's tough. And she feels like their love is worth the fight. So she doesn't know if she can handle all this, but she's going to try. And he asked her if he'll take it, if she'll take it day by day. His family's there. They want to meet her. He wants them. He wants her to meet them. And he asked her to trust him. And she finally nods. No verbal response here, but just a nod. Like, okay. He thanks her. They hug. No kiss. She walks off, leaving him to sit and sigh. And she ITMs not knowing what to do through some tears. She ITMs, I don't know what to do. I'm so in love with him. And for me, this line was like, that's a hundred thousand percent going for the ring. Totally. I agree. I agree. Very interesting to see. In this final moment with the two like heavyweights here that are left standing, arguably Susie Evans is also the heavyweight that is somehow left standing. We'll see what's going to happen next week, but... I mean, there are three heavyweights. <laughs> yeah. Michael Jordan, LeBron, and one other one. Cool. <laughs> Carl Anthony Towns. <laughs> Who? <laughs> okay. Portion five begins. We're back in the studio and... Fucking DLP goes, I told you it was the rose ceremony from hell. Was I right about that? I love this line. I love this line. I was like, he's going full dark lord now. His energies are gathering around him in this after the final rose. It's unreal. He's tasting the suffering. He's see I'm broken. That's all it took. We broke him. Now I can indulge. Let me taste the sweet sorrow. Now he's doing his dark touches. He's dark touching. <laughs> yeah. He's talking about rose ceremonies from hell every chance he fucking gets. He's interviewing these old crowns about the nature of the suffering. It's, oh God, this to me, Tonight's episode had like the highest degree of sinister tone that we've seen yet. <laughs> like when he would be, when he would say to like the alums, like, oh, and like, what do you think is going to happen next? I felt in that moment that he didn't know what was going to happen next. You know, it's playing this like earnest, like, I don't know what's going to happen, even though we know he's there. I know he's got, he's got a thing that DLP didn't have, or sorry, DLH didn't have, which is the illusion of naivete 
because he's new to this game. Yes. Even though he's a bachelor, it was a long time ago. He's new to hosting this. So he can still kind of play like, well, what? I don't know what's going to happen. What do you think is yeah. going to happen? Oh, you guys are confusing me and Clayton. Lol. Yeah, exactly. But then he can turn it to be like, this is the rose ceremony from hell. He can do both. That shit's, dare I say it, very rare. <laughs> he quickly is becoming my favorite Dark Lord. <laughs> I mean, it's a low bar. <laughs> <laughs> what? I know Dark Lord Harrison ended in disgrace, but that motherfucker had some moments in his time as the host of our beloved game. Back to Dark Lord Palmer <laughs> saying, oh, Lord. <laughs> Dark Lord Palmer says, you know, it was my phrase, wrote ceremony from hell. I'm the new Dark Lord. And he says, well, Clayton, Love Level Ford, both Gabby and Rachel Recchia, guess what? We're trending number one right now worldwide. And we have some alumni here, Nick Vial, Michelle Young, and Claire Crawley. Did you check Twitter when he said that? Number one trending. No. I did. They were. <gasps> what? Yeah. I looked on my trending and Twitter when I got to that part and Bachelor was number one worldwide. How many tweets? Oh, I don't know. I didn't look at the numbers. It was just in my mm. little trending bar. Wow. I like that fact check. That's journalism. I'll do it immediately because I was like trending worldwide right now. On what? What is, you know, <laughs> trending? Okay. I'm trending worldwide. <laughs> prove it. No, you prove it. <laughs> Fuck you. I don't have to. I said it. Game of Roses is actually trending at this very moment. We're trending number one worldwide at all moments for the rest of time. Yes. When he cuts out there, I don't know if you noticed this. Vial is the only one who is with his significant other. Natalie Joy is sitting next to him and they quickly zoom in to crop her out. Oh. I didn't see that. Yeah, she had some like elbow rubbing with Caitlin Bristow later. Erased from the document, Heather Martin style. A little bit. <laughs> but no, in the document, she's now a part of the, the Bachelor world in a very official way now. Mm. This is the, her first appearance in the document. Wow. I don't know if it'll be her last or not. Congrats, Natalie Joy. Indeed. Big moment. So before they get to that, uh, the Rose Ceremony from Hell continues. Let's keep watching. He says, we're back in the game. More snow, more sound effects. Ultimate Viking goes back to the ice podium <laughs> now that he's had these conversations with Wendy and Rekia individually. Two roses sitting on top of the ice and the Ultimate Viking ITMs that their reactions told him all he needs to know. That he did indeed mess up. Rachel ascends the staircase. Gabby enters as well. They stand next <laughs> to each other. Ultimate Viking apologizes to them both. He appreciates them uh, both for giving him the time to talk to them. And he reminds them that they can choose not to accept this rose if they want to. This is something that in prior seasons, in like season one through about four, five maybe, they used to say this at the beginning of every rose ceremony. Dark Lord Harrison would come out and be like, and now we're going to do this rose ceremony. You know, the lead is going to come out. And remember, if you don't feel a connection, if you want to exit this process in any way, you totally can. They would make sure that players knew that. I think they were trying to get people to do it. Well, no, but I mean, in the early season, there was some kind of controversy about it, I think. Wasn't there? Season one or two? I forget what it was, but that seems right to me. Like they implemented it early on? Yes. I'm not sure. It was definitely in the early seasons. At any rate, we bring it back. I haven't seen them do that in a long time. Like make a big deal out of like, you can reject this. I wonder if they always say it, but they just cut it from the document usually. Perhaps. Both 
players walk in very sad to this rose ceremony from hell, by the way. And then Rachel Recchia gets first flower. Gabby gets second flower. And Clayton says, I mean everything I said about being intentional to Gabby. And Gabby says, I can't. I'm sorry. Do you want to walk me out? This is her bachelorette moment. And that's why this was my... Play, 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 play of the game. Gabby has complete justification to leave, get a heartbreak at it, secure the crown in this moment. I was like, oh, she's done it right here. Gabby's rejection of the second flower in the rose ceremony from hell was also my. Play, 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 play of the game. Not only does it do everything you're saying, it also elevates her. I'm worth more than this. I'm a fucking bachelorette. That's exactly what this says. It punctuates the end of a an insanely well-played season. She's come out of the season the funniest player, arguably the most entertaining just overall. And now she has this mm-hmm. unbeatable victim edit. She's made it all the way to the end. She gave everything and got fucked over by this asshole, ultimate Viking, who's fell in love with everybody and was intimate with everybody. She's in the driver's seat here. It was such a beautiful play. It was a historic moment. She might as well have just like turned around and a producer put a crown on her fucking head. Like she had it in the bag. I think she just still does, by the way. We'll get to that later. But this moment was beautiful. And you can also see next what it does is as they fucking walk out, Rachel Reckia is dumbfounded. She is sitting there. Her mouth is wide open. She's holding the rose like, what the fuck? She's trying to figure out if she just won the ring or if she got completely fucked, if the whole season is done. She has her hand over her face. She starts to realize, you can see in her face, that she fucked up. Rejecting the rose was the play. She's literally watching a better player take the crown from her in this moment. And she also in that moment realized, like, all I've got's the ring now. If I have anything at all, if I have anything left, that's it. That moment from Rachel Recchia was so wild. Yes. <laughs> the face play, the the hand play. It was like, and she does start to slowly realize it and sort of talk to herself and be like, what? I'm like winning by default, essentially. God, it was insane. But then Ultimate Viking has this conversation with Gabby where he kind of tells her, you know, look, there's different levels of love and it could still be you. And I think we've come this far and... You know, Gabby's like, she's not in the, I'm not in the business of competing with anyone for love, which I wrote, LOL. You're literally playing that game. It's called The Bachelor. But it's a perfect 4TRR sauce line here. That quote, I'm not in the business of competing with anyone for love. What show is this? That's what I'm saying. That's what the show is. That's the premise of the show she's on. Yes. But she, it's a 4TR line. It's the sauce. It's lying yeah. about what the show is, that it's not a competition for love. It's just a way to fall in love against 29 other people simultaneously, I guess. It's just so wild to me like that they're now going after the fact that someone like 
bangs multiple people, a thing that has been happening so many times before this, but now they're just choosing to randomly villainize it. It's not just the bang. It's the LL4. If he would have done just the bang, I think he could have gotten away with this. Because that's like, that's another thing. And and that's fine if Susie wants to feel that way. Oh, you think it's the LL4-ing three people? Yes. Yes. It's the emotional banging. You're right. We have never seen three love level fours before. And here we see him say it again. Or we see Gabby say it. Sorry. She says, knowing that you love level four, three women with the same excitement. That's what made her. She thought her week special was that like she didn't think he was doing the exact same thing. He says, but it's different loves, though. And then she (laughs) says that she doesn't want to be the most loved. She just wants to be accepted and loved. You can't measure it. This is a great line. And she feels like she was being measured. Tears. Did you regard what that would feel like, she says. Just say you're sorry or something. And he's like, I am sorry. I'm not trying to create turmoil. I'm trying to do this the right way. And he just wants one last time. He's throwing her a softball here when he's like, is your heart telling you to walk out the door or give it another chance? Yep. It's a softball to a Bachelorette promo. I know. And she fucking whiffs. Because portion six begins once again with that cold wind, <laughs> that fucking, shh. yeah. This time the the sound effects of the cold wind outside. That's actually Gabby Wendy swinging at the softball and missing. Clues. It is springtime. It is the off season. It is gore girl summer. The weather's getting warmer. Thank true. Dark Lord Palmer, and it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and cowls, and hello to shorts and tees. I wanted to update my wardrobe for the long haul, get those staple pieces, and I found quince. Now I have a lineup of timeless pieces keeping me looking effortlessly chic year after year. I got the cotton modal scoop neck tee. It is so cute. It is literally the first thing I reach for in my dresser when all my clothes are washed. You know those special items. If you are not like Clues, who only wears one outfit. I'm Quince head to toe at this point. I'm a Quince boy. (gasps) I'm a source boy, Quince boy. You got no idea. I'm wearing Quince t-shirts, Quince pants, Quince long sleeve t-shirts, Quince pants, Quince sweaters, Quince pants. I'm Quinced. (laughs) Just call me Quinced. King Quinces, they call me. I love Quince. Okay, Quince. Uh, Get warm weather ready with Quince. Be a Quince King yourself or Quince Queen. Go to Quince.com slash roses for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash roses to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash roses. Clues. Mm-hmm. I've been on a mission. I'm trying to find Ooh. the perfect t-shirt. Yeah. Um, because it's spring, I'm ready to get out there, I'm ready to peacock. Luckily, the perfect t-shirt does exist, and you can find it at Skims. From cropped silhouettes to long-sleeve layering tees, there's a style for everyone. You guys know how excited I was that Skims became one of our sponsors for this podcast. They have great basics and foundations. I got the boyfriend t-shirt in Onyx, that's kind of a dark black color and the cotton jersey long sleeve t-shirt in kyanite which is kind of like a blue green and they're both so comfortable it's basically like you are wearing nothing 
Great for free spirit types. Well, for all the free spirits out there right now, you can shop the Skims t-shirt shop at skims.com. Now available in sizes XXS through 4X. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select podcasts in the survey and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. Again, that's Skims. Game of Roses is sponsored by BetterHelp. Clues, uh, we all carry around different stressors, big and small. And if you keep them all bottled up, it can affect you negatively. Therapy is a great place to get things off your chest and figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. You might be taking care of your physical body, but are you taking care of that beautiful mind, Clues? Yes. I have benefited from therapy greatly in the past. Uh, it has helped me get through stressful experiences, manage boundaries, learn coping skills. You know, the the whole premise of life is is kind of a, a it's a lot to undertake, and therapy can help with that. Well, if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you have to do to get started is fill out a brief questionnaire. Then you get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists literally at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Game of Roses today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Game of Roses. And we pick back up with this conversation. She doesn't know what she wants to do. And he says, I can't tell you what's going to happen tomorrow, but this love is real. And he doesn't have a crystal ball, but please, you know, give it another chance. We see fans watching. She rubs her eyes and says, I don't know. Meanwhile, Rachel, we cut to, she's been left to sit and talk to producers. Excuse me. Yeah. Clayton says what we have is genuine and real. It's love. Sorry. I feel like that was historically important. I agree with you. I wrote it down too. I just read over it too fast. Oh, good. Good. Just making sure that you have gotten all of these down. Absolutely. (laughs) That's a a one count in the So Genuine, So Real column. So cut back to Rachel Recchia. (laughs) She is still having this (laughs) wild reaction and she is slowly realizing what this means. She says the worst thing that could have happened just happened. Two people left. I'm just winning by default. I'm the last one here, not because he chose me. And she's having this a very long protracted conversation with producers. She's talking to producers who are just off camera. The way they cut this makes it look like she's talking to herself incredibly emotionally. And it looks like she's having like a conversation with someone who's not there. It's kind of what they did to Claire Crawley with the raccoon. The way that they've, they presented it does not, in my opinion, makes her look like she's having a psychotic break or something. I don't know if that was purposeful or not, but that is what is on the document. I think they want to cut the producers out, but that does result in it looking like a much different situation. Totally. (laughs) That she's talking to someone. And then uh, we get a moment that was my heartbreak PTC of this episode. (laughs) Gabby Wendy comes back (laughs) and she has set up this line, I can't do this again, which is a good line because you're setting up this inevitable heartbreak because she's going to do it again. Mm -hmm. And you know it. Gabby apologizes to Rachel. They hug. We see Michelle Young in a box watching that. 
and then the UV fucking UV, sorry, Ultimate Viking. <laughs> My notes are so fucking crazy. The Ultimate Viking picks up the rose. He goes back to the, the podium made of ice, picks up the rose, and calls her name again. The absurdity of this, that they have to go through the formality of, now you have to go stand back up there and officially accept the rose, or you can't be playing in our game anymore. It's insane. So they do it all again. And she accepts the rose this time. And Gabby Wendy's acceptance of the rose that she already rejected was my error, 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 error of the game. She made a perfect play for Crown. And now she makes an imperfect play for I don't even know what. This is just the worst thing she could have done. It takes away all of the momentum she just fucking built. I don't get it. Gabby Wendy not sticking to her decision to self-eliminate at the rose ceremony was also my error, 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 error of the game. You hate to see it. You hate Hated to see to it. See it. <laughs> Hated to see it. Hated to see it. I almost wish they had somehow edited around it. I know. CGI, a different Gabby. This is like when LeBron James turns that extra gear on and he's like, I'm winning the game. I'm crushing everything. And then it's like, he needs to make a three-pointer with you know half a second left in the game. And you're like, he's been making them all night. He's got this. And then just fucking air ball. And you're like, oh shit, how did that happen? He's LeBron. That's what it felt like to me. But I also thought Rekia missed an opportunity here that when Gabby accepted the rose, Rekia could have then turned hers in and said, hey, after like being left here, after Gabby left, I realized like I can't do this either. Fuck you. She could have done a crown play here. Very experimental, but uh, it was there for the taking. You're so right. You're so right. You hate to see that left on the field. <laughs> Oh, I do too. Anytime you get into a scenario like this where like historic things are being done, you have the ability to like mm. step right in there and do some weird shit too. Yeah, get in there. Throw in a twist. Might as well. But Ultima Viking apologizes to them again for putting him through this situation <laughs> and uh, says he's fighting because he cares about both of them. He doesn't have all the answers, but he's excited for them to meet his family. And then he's like, it doesn't feel right doing it. Cheers. And Gabby's like, how about a toast to trusting ourselves enough to go this far and still be here? They do a sad cheers. How about a toast from our next bachelorette? <laughs> That's what she should have said. God, that would have been funny as fuck. The uh, ultimate <laughs> Viking doesn't think he deserves to do a toast. And then she does another one of these loading of the heartbreak edit in her ITM. She says, I do love him, but I could kick myself next week. She's loading that love level four, which she hasn't said back to him yet. Yeah. And then we get portion seven. And this is a, a treat, a real treat. We come back into the studio. DLP sits in his chair and he's adopting at this point a very nice smugness. He's starting to settle into being a smug dark lord, which is my favorite kind of dark lord. You got to have a little sprinkle of smug on you or you're not quite dark uh -huh. enough, in my opinion. I think he's evolving quite quickly through the season. Only one season, the darkness. Oh, God, so fast. So it took Dark Lord Harrison to get like... Dark Lord Harrison was like around season four or five is when he started showing off like DLP is doing now. Yeah. DLP is just like <laughs> fish to water. It's unreal to watch this. I absolutely love it. But he says, what an insane ride it's been so far. Am I right? And then he welcomes 
our first Council of Crowns. This is the first hot seat. It is Claire Crawley. It is Michelle Young. These are two bachelorettes, of course, season 16, season 18. And one Nick Vial, a.k.a. Vial the Great, a.k.a. the GOAT. He was, of course, runner-up on two back-to-back seasons of Bachelorette, did a full Paradise run, and then was Bachelor season 21. We all know that. He famously tricked me with his TikTok about the episode tonight. I'm sorry. Thank you. On his behalf. DLP then asked Claire Crawley first, how did he handle the rose ceremony? And she says, the rose ceremony from, from hell, I'm speaking about, of course. Claire Crawley says, not well. It's tough to watch. We all know what that feels like, but it's cringy watching it. She just has a very conversational like answer to this. Just a guy asking you a question. Just a conversation you're having with a friend. Are you kidding me? Casual? She's suggesting that Clayton is the new cringe king? <laughs> I don't see anything casual about that. She's not wrong. And then DLP throws it to Nick Bial. And something different happens. First of all, Bial already has the smirk on his face. (laughs) He gets to feel the warmth of the lights of the studio again. He gets to feel the eyes on him in the live studio audience. He gets to see the cameras knowing that he's being broadcast into three million homes once again. He's in the game for one brief shining moment and he's not going to let this one fucking pass him by. It will be utilized. It will be used. It will be benefited from in every measurable way. This is his natural natural environment and he cannot hide that smile god damn it so <laughs> wait go, wait excuse me wait you were saying something about his smile i'd like you to elaborate on that <laughs> okay i will the other two people sitting up there claire crawley and michelle young they're smiling but in a way that's like a tv friendly smile like hi i i want to look good on tv for you like you know i want people to like me the smile vial has is like <laughs> I'm back. It's a personal enjoyment of this at a level that is very different from anyone else on that stage. <laughs> he is definitely the, the happiest to be there. And you can see it. He There's a thing where he says in the middle of what he's talking about, I fucking made a meme of it while I was watching the goddamn show, which is rare. It's this face. Look at this. What does it say? Clayton should have been more empathetic like I was. Oh, we're going to get to that right now. So he asked him, uh, DLP says he was brutally honest. Was that the right play? He uses the fucking word play. DLP open gameplay speech to the greatest player who's ever lived. And the great vial goes full vial files immediately. He's not even taking a second no. to not be doing his podcast. Ah, uh, well, unfortunately, he left out the most important thing uh, that he told, you know, Susie loved her the most, and that'd be something these women would want to hear, you know, especially when he's on Gabby, not to trust her gut. So he tries to get a little dig at how he's treating Gabby, even in the apology that he said to her. And then he's like, he might, look, he might have the best intentions, but he didn't take the time to consider the position of power he has as the bachelor. The implied piece of that sense that's missing is at the end like i did and then again and never took the time to empathize with these women like i would have and unfortunately i think you're seeing a guy who's focused on finding love for himself and not love with someone else like i was and we see then a cut to the crowd we're getting head nods from people in the crowd yep the great vial is speaking truth so even the show is propping him up here a little bit in the edit 
And he's like, and it will go a long way for him to have been more empathetic and put himself in their shoes because right now everyone knows Ultimate Viking loves Susie the most except Gabby and Rachel. And he thinks that he's done a master work here. And indeed, it's more complex than any other answer we saw from anyone all night long. That's for sure. Any of the other councils. You are correct that they are obviously on his side because this definitely could have been cut down and it definitely wasn't. And he has, I don't know in terms of screen time, but I have like four lines for him, one line for Claire Crawley. He he was like, this is my moment. This is my panel. This is my hot seat. No, but he broke it down like a game too. He's the only one who sees the game of it. These other players, I think Michelle Young does too, by the way. I mean, can we get to what Michelle Young said? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but Michelle Young does too. But like Claire Crawley, I'm not sure she sees it as a game at all. I'm not sure Rodney does at all. No, Claire Crawley is one of the most four TRR crowns there's ever been. So that to me was like the vile moment was really, that's a sports moment. You're seeing Jesse Palmer say, was that the right play? That's literally something you ask like a coach after a, a football game. Mm -hmm. Did you call the right play on the five yard line? Or did you call the right play doing like a two point conversion instead of trying to go for the extra point? Was that the right play? Yeah. You were a quarterback just like this one was. That is exactly what we saw here. And Vile didn't disappoint. He went right into the fucking game speak of it. He should have been this. He should have done this. And he should have done this. It's like, what? aren't you just talking about a guy trying to find love? No. He's talking about how you come off and come out of this cleanly. Yeah, it's how you are a lead. It's who you wind up being. <laughs> it is. That one might be my favorite. Then we get to our last crown, Michelle Young. And she says, there's no handbook to being a lead or being on the cast. Very specific words that are used here. She uses the word cast to talk about the players. And she says there's no handbook, even though there is. Yeah. Thank you, Michelle Young. That will be a commercial available on my Instagram page. Probably by the time this episode's out, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> Anything like that where I can just slot it right into a thing I've already edited. I'm like, they just keep saying it. They just keep saying guidebook and rulebook yeah. and shit. I can't help it. But she also says that being vulnerable is a really strong thing to do. Just handle with care. And Darkler Palmer turns to Claire, says, Claire, in your crystal ball, does he find happiness? <laughs> Even though Darkler Palmer, he knows. He doesn't need a crystal ball. He doesn't need to be at... <laughs> yeah. And then she, <laughs> she gives some kind of meandering response. It's like, well, I hope he finds love, but I applaud them all. And I hope he does find love. It's kind of meandering. That's what I'm saying. Like she didn't have anything prepared for any of this shit. Vial came loaded and ready, but then DLP thanks them for being there and being so open. And he says later tonight, we're going to have another council, which is going to be Caitlin Bristow, Rodney Matthews, and Cassie Randolph. That's correct. Bachelor bringing back Cassie Randolph for this hot seat was my wowie moment of the week. We'll get to that exact conversation, but this sh this shot of her in the audience, I was like, wait, what? <laughs> that was the most shocked I felt all night. The fact that she even did it 
was was interesting to me as well. But yes. uh, DLP then reminds us that if we think we it's been crazy so far, you ain't seen nothing yet. Portion 8 begins. DLP recaps where we are. Both Rachel and Gabby decided to stick around. The meeting of the family is next. Brace yourselves because things are about to get very intense. And we see some horses from afar running around in the snow at this point. And, uh, they're, they're tickling my Creature of the Week fancy a little bit, but not quite. Are you sure? Did you see the gorgeous, gorgeous white horse that was basically blending into the snow that was basically representing Cassie Randolph's appearance in Portion 7's end? <laughs> Which was my... <laughs> Creature of the week. You think the horse was a, a reference to Cassie Randolph's appearance in the audience? Absolutely. It was gorgeous. It was shocking. It was stunning. It stole the stage from whoever else might be present. It had me... It got my got my gears thinking. Why? Why? <laughs> it got me really thinking why 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 i agree with you i thought it was a strange choice we'll get to it we'll get to that okay so fine that's your your creature <laughs> anyway that was my creature yeah and then we cut to this house and ultimate vikings family his mom dad and two brothers are discussing the view and the warm fire in this great airbnb they say that by name Airbnb is a company's name, I'm sure most of us know, where you can rent people's houses and shit when you go on vacation or whatever. But that's a brand. Airbnb is a brand that they're mentioning here, seemingly for no reason. I mean, a very successful thing that that brand has done is that they said it here. I didn't even see it as an ad. I was just like, oh, it's a descriptor for the type of housing it is. Yeah, it's like Kleenex mm -hmm. or Chapstick. They have become too synonymous with the product. So now you think the product is called that. But the Ultimate Viking comes in. Everybody hugs. Dad says he's happy to see his son. Ultimate Vikings family talks about how happy they are to be in Iceland. And then the Ultimate Viking tells them that he's actually really scared in a bad spot. And all their faces drop. They're like, what the fuck? <laughs> what has happened? They've just they've broken our son. And he explains what's happened to him. The hardest week of his life. And he wasn't going to allow himself to fall in love with more than one woman. But he fell in love with three. And the families are all like, what? And then he explains that they'll be meeting Gabby and Rachel. But the third woman, Susie, self-eliminated. And he tells his parents about her post-facto ultimatum. He also tells his parents that he had <laughs> sex with two of the three players. And the dad is on Susie's side. He's like, yeah, she should have left. You fucked up. And the ultimate Viking is crying. He wonders if he's fucked everything up. And... The mom doesn't get how he can be in love with three people. The dad says that the women don't want to be second or third. They want to be first and they have a right to be upset with you. Ultimate Viking tells him about how the rose ceremony from hell went with Gabby rejecting the rose. He's like telling him every fucking detail of this. And the dad laughs. <laughs> Two consummations, three love level fours. He's giving him all the stats. <laughs> He's like, there was an ice podium. I think Gabby was making a crown play, but I talked her back into going for <laughs> ring play. Recky is definitely locked into ring play. She doesn't have another choice. So be on the lookout for that. And then the dad laughs and he's like, I love you no matter what, but you've screwed the pooch in my opinion. It's going to be an interesting day. Iconic line by dad. 
And then they play a line here over the back of Ultimate Viking's head. He did not say this to his parents, but they played it as though he did. I want you to ask them the tough questions, but I want you to also understand that they're going through a lot right now. So we get this idea that like, no, it'll still be a traditional meeting of the family where the family is going to grill the, the player. But that isn't what happens at all, obviously. This meeting of the family tonally has been set by this conversation with the Ultimate Viking to be different than any we've ever seen. Usually, it's about the family being like, who really is best for my kid? In this one, it's like, Jesus, sorry my kid fucked you over so hardcore. That's like the tone. <laughs> Usually, they don't know if it's been consummated. That too. They're just giving glows. <laughs> yeah. That's the only indication they get. They get a glow and they try to, you know, make of that what you will. <laughs> yeah, that would have been hilarious if the first time either of them says sounds so. I understand my son was intimate with you. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, mom. Don't tell him that. Mom already says it's going to be hard to talk to Gabby. She's the consolation prize. I don't know if the love of your life has gone. And Clayton's like, it's not a consolation prize. One could be your future daughter-in-law. Get it together. Eye on the prize. And I thought there was a missed moment here by the producers. We don't get to see the family talk shit on Clayton after he walks out. I feel like that could have furthered this fool edit they've been trying to give him. Yeah, I agree with you. And then we get Gabby's meeting of the family. Outside the threshold, Gabby gets a kiss. He asks how she's doing. She says, I'm better. Clayton's love level four is her. I do love you. And Gabby ITMs a worry that she's having for this meeting of the family that they won't like her because she almost walked out last night. Then that storyline is immediately cut off because she goes in and she says that she immediately felt like she was at home. Mama Kelly says she's thankful to be here. Gabby says, or she says, I feel like I've waited my whole life to meet you. If you're the one, I'll be very happy. He's a gem. And we get mom tears. We're getting some staples of a meeting of the family here, despite the circumstances. We see the mom and Gabby talking and she says, Clayton told us everything that happened last night. What made you change your mind? And Gabby says, well, you know, I told him I'm not ready to have kids tomorrow that they basically she's wary. And her mom says, you looked very natural. I was like, there's a hint of a glow there. Then we, <laughs> then we see <laughs> Clayton's dad and Gabby. And then we get this sweet, sweet moment. Dad says you can see it in his face. We get that dad glow. And we see that dad respects that Gabby walked out and ITMs that he likes Gabby. She has a level head to go through what she just did and look at someone's parents. She handled it like a champ. And Gabby and Clayton leave. They stand in a rainy auto zone. And Gabby says, I want to be here. Knowing I could have missed all of that is really devastating. I have my trust in you and us. I'm so glad I listened to you, which I'm like, she is playing this perfectly. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, my heart is in your hands. Totally. And it was like she was ready to walk away and he got her to come back. The victimization she's going to get when he goes back to Susie is like, un uh, she's going to be the bachelorette in the next like five yeah. seasons in a row. It's, I mean, she's just got this locked up as far as I'm concerned now. But uh, everything goes well. They're love level fouring. She feels she's more confident saying it now than, than ever before because of the meeting of the family and how well it went. The audience is clapping. DLP says, things with Gabby and Ultimate Vikings seem to be back on track. But what about Rachel? 
things are about to take an unsuspecting turn. And DLP then throws to an ad for the fucking Kardashians airing on Hulu. It is played in the studio audience on the big screen, a commercial for the new Kardashian show again on Hulu. This is straight product placement in the fucking finale of the biggest reality family that's ever fucking lived. And this commercial of the Kardashians was my dystopian thing of this episode. (laughs) (laughs) That was? That beat the fucking we stand with Ukraine sign? Yeah, that beat the Ukraine sign for me somehow. But I was just like, it. I can't watch the Kardashians the same way I once did. Who can? Anyway, back in portion nine in the studio... Dark Lord Palmer says, grab the wine glass, squeeze it tight because it's about to get real. And this wholesome, this wholesome darkness, it's, it's new. It's a fresh type of darkness. It, it is like tricking you back into thinking it's not as dark. He can actually walk this line very well. That his, his best attribute, I think, as a Dark Lord is his charm. Mm-hmm. DLH had no charm. He was complete sinister monstrosity at all times (laughs) the fire in the eyes the satanic burning was always there that hollow glow behind the eyes he's a fucking a demon he's a a specter you know he's just like there to consume your soul and that's it the smile was always like it's like uh, that snake in fucking jungle book the smile is always like oh god he's about to eat me the snake that's scootering around looking to yeah (laughs) exactly the snake on a scooter DLP, though, has this ability to be kind of charming yes. and naive, like not childlike necessarily, but just like, I'm just a dude. This is just a fun show. He can actually convey that, which is like more terrifying to me. <laughs> so you're, I guess you're squeezing your wine glass tight at this point because it's about to get real, genuine and real. My cup of tea, but I was, yeah. We dive back into the show and Rachel Reckia says, going into today, I have a lot of different emotions. I'm really excited to meet Clayton's family. And she ITMs, this is the first time I've seen him since he broke my heart. She's already setting up, you know, she's doing this very well, too, in case she's going to get victimized. And we get the second meeting of the family. She gets a kiss and we get an immediate bro glow. One bro says, my parents found it on Airbnb (laughs) after Rachel Recchi is talking about how the location is so beautiful. So they're getting in. I mean, this has to be an Airbnb commercial. They're telling that dude to say Airbnb and he's saying it and they're cutting it in. I don't know if they're paying his family to do this. Probably not. They're probably just like free trip, whatever. 100% they would make him retake it and say not Airbnb if they weren't getting paid. But if we check in with whether I knew it was an ad the second time, no, I did not. (laughs) When he said, I wouldn't have thought anything of it. But when he said my parents found this great Airbnb, I was like, your parents didn't find shit. The producers put all this together and said, here's where you're going. Here's when the flight leaves. That's it. That You don't get to choose these things. That's what made me be like, what? And then it's like, oh, yeah, it's an ad. Did you see this window in the Airbnb, though, that looked like fake? Oh, phantom window, phantom Airbnb window. This is my conspiracy <laughs> town, but I I think it was because it was raining. Maybe it was reflecting weird, but it made me feel like it was like a set. Interesting. Of a different house and they had photoshopped in a fake view. I thought it several times. <laughs> Creams and serums are made of 70% water, 15% preservatives and emulsifiers. 
leaving only around 15% for the active ingredients that your skin needs. But luckily now, there's fiber skincare. 15 years ago, the scientists behind fiber skincare started working on nanofibers, which are 500 times smaller than human hair. You know, I I saw that in... Um three body problem. Mm. One year ago, they patented a way of wrapping the nanofiber around oil or liquid based ingredients. This means they can deliver five times the active ingredients compared to creams or serums as there is no need for water preservatives or emulsifiers. The first formulation made with this technology is plant-based anti-wrinkle. It's a set of patches that you use over a series of seven days. You just put these on whenever you would apply your serums and your skin is going to feel tighter in 10 seconds. And over the seven day program, it has been clinically proven to reduce wrinkles by get this 19.4%, a very precise percentage. In fact, Mm. they have a tighter skin guarantee. If your skin isn't tighter in seven days, they're going to give you your money back. No questions asked. You get the tighter skin guarantee with this seven day routine, tighter skin or your money back. Get a 15% discount code by using the discount code GAME. That's fiber skincare. Sweaters, candles, the dreaded bathrobe. Unfortunately, Mother's Day gifts can be a little predictable and boring. That's why an aura frame is the perfect gift to mix things up this year. It was named the best digital photo frame by Wirecutter. Aura frames are guaranteed to bring joy to moms of all ages. My mom loves hers. I'm throwing pictures of Skabuli and our cat up there. She's laughing. She's texting me. He's so cute. I wish I could meet him. It's the next best thing to to meeting my cat, really. You know, I love that it was so easy to set it up. I've recently learned I'm not good at uh, building things. (laughs) <laughs> and I need an easy install. And oh. this only takes about two minutes to set up the frame using the Aura app. Aura frames are Wi-Fi connected, come with unlimited storage, so you can share as many photos as you want from your phone to your mom's frame. She'll be grateful it's not another sweater, and she'll love the frame to see more of you. And right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A, Frames.com. Use code ROSES at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. <laughs> we then see Rachel Recchia continue her meeting of the family. She tells them that her first impression of Clayton was, oh my gosh, you're so tall. And then your eyes. And he's like, what? That's the first thing you noticed? Ha ha ha. And then we see her go off with the mom 
And Rachel Recchi explains like, it is heartbreak, but you're still so in love, but he can be in love with three people. It's hard to understand. At the rose ceremony, I was thinking if I leave, I will think what could have been because I know what it is. I'm going to give it my all. I feel like he is perfect for me. I see him as my husband. And this is exactly how you want to play it if you are going hardcore for ring at this point. Ultimate daughter-in-law mm-hmm. through and through for TRRs. And then the mom even uh, extracts from her a precog. She's like, if he proposes to you, what would happen? She's like, I would accept. Mm-hmm. And the mom tells her that uh, it spoke volumes about her for not leaving the rose ceremony from hell. Yeah. And then we see Rekia with the one-on-one time with Ultimate Vikings dad. This is Papa UV. And Rekia says the process was crazy, but they had strong early connections. And she says he's always listened and truly seen her more than anyone ever has when they love level four to each other. She hasn't ever had that feeling before, and she's never been in love the way she is with him. So I guess there are measurements of love. And she says she trusts him even despite everything that's happened. The dad says he would have smacked him. (laughs) (laughs) Ricky says it's hard to wrap her mind around everything, but she really is love level four with him. His precog is a violence. (laughs) <laughs> rather than marriage. <laughs> yeah. But then Ultimate Vikings dad says, it's nice to hear that she really love level fours him and he's looking forward to seeing where their journey ends outside under an umbrella. She tells him that she had a great day and she's grateful we get a kiss. She drives away back at the house. There's a debrief one-on-one time with daddy and Ultimate Viking. They're both marvelous, he says, but you got to get what you feel internally has to guide you. If you don't feel it, then it ain't right is what UV says. And UV says that his heart is screaming louder and louder as the days are going by. Dad tells him he's going to have to hurt somebody. He needs to accept that fact. Ultimate Viking ITMs that he still doesn't know which one to pick. Even after this, even after all these meetings of the family and all the fucking roast everybody from hell, he still isn't like, I don't know. So he loves them both. But then he says, when Susie left, his world got flipped upside down and we cut back outside. We see a pack of equine creatures roaming the Icelandic landscape. And we push into two in a pair. Two wild horses strutting their stuff. These horses were mine. <laughs> Creature of the week. They are wild. They are free. They are the embodiment of true love. This is Clayton. This is Susie Evans roaming in the wilderness of their emotions. That is what these horses represent. And for that reason, they were my creatures of the week. Cheers to you, horses. You know, I like that. I like that idea that they are these Disney horses. You know, she's already tied to Disney, but... Unfortunately, I don't think Susie and Clayton's combined followings will match that of Cassie Randolph, the representative of my horse. (laughs) Now you're going into some weird fucking like Instagram ranking of creatures of the week based on what they may or may not represent in the game. (laughs) My horse represents a, a larger Instagram person than probably the both combined. So we'll see. See how it plays out. This is the theoretical creature relationship to player ratio. (laughs) Yep. And that's it for portion nine. (laughs) Portion 10 (laughs) begins. We're back with Dark Lord Palmer. And he says, Clayton can't stop thinking about Susie. I told you things are going to get crazier. Here we go. He's like a storyteller. He's a visionary. Every time he comes back, it's like, 
You thought that was crazy. Just wait. You're about to have a heart attack. <laughs> and it's like, no, nobody's having a heart attack, dude. I He's giving it 150% and I love it. You thought your heart attack was bad? Now I'm going to give you an aneurysm. <laughs> You're going to really pop your cork off at this one. Yeah. <laughs> if you barely survived the last portion, this one's going <laughs> to kill you. In Iceland, we see... Ultimate Viking's dad telling the family that he has someone there if he opens his heart and mind, essentially saying that either of these choices would be fantastic, Rekia or Wendy. And yeah. the bros don't think he's in love with both of them equally. And then Ultimate Viking comes in and tells his whole family he's conflicted. Dad's like, why? What's conflicting? The bros measure love. I think the whole younger generation of the Viking family does. Ultimate Viking tells uh, his dad he's conflicted. Dad asks why. Ultimate Viking says he sees a future with Rachel and he sees and feels love there. But... He thought the same thing with Gabby and through the clarity he got from his family, he realized where his heart's at. It's beyond these walls. He says <laughs> with Susie and he tells them <laughs> my heart is beyond these walls with Susie. <laughs> yeah. It's like, so wait a minute. Yeah. You don't want to be intimate with us. You've been intimate with everybody else. Now you're saying we're not good enough beyond these walls. He tells them what he had with Susie is very, very special. It was special with Gabby and Rachel too, but it was a little more special with Susie, he says. And then the dad's like, dude, you're fucked up. She left you. <laughs> and Ultimate Viking starts making excuses. Oh, well, he's. I stopped listening to her. It was my fault. And the dad's like, you're grasping at straws, dude. Yeah. I agree, dad. And dad says, she made the choice to walk. And then the bro's like, why didn't you just stop her right then and there if you felt so strongly better? And he's like, uh, well, I, I don't know. I just feel like I can get through to her now. Listen better. The, the family's making like so much sense and he's just ignoring all of it. They're like two wonderful prospective partners who you've had us talk to like they could be our da daughter-in-law. Take it seriously. And now after this, you're like, it's beyond these walls. I think all the shit they're saying, like his dad's like when somebody walks away from you, it's done. You know, it's over. You're too caught up in the idea of the one that got away. I think all this shit they're saying is actually driving him further to Susie. He's like, now I really know she's worth it because it's not easy. And if I can attain that, it's worth the fight. You know, she's she's more valuable than the other shit that's easier to get. So Ultimate Viking tells him that Susie had everything. Once in a lifetime kind of woman. Mom says, why didn't you have sex or why did you have sex with the other players then? And Ultimate Viking says, look, maybe doors are closed. Maybe there's a chance for these other women, but I have to follow my heart. And if it gets broken, so be it. Look, I might have closed some doors with my ultimate Viking, but <laughs> had to. <laughs> but now he's he has no choice. He's got to pursue this no matter the outcome. And the mom is blown away that he's in love with Susie. Bro says, you got to follow it then, I guess. Ultimate Viking doesn't know if he can ever reach out to her. And then Nate gets a little ITM that there's no way anything <laughs> could surprise him anymore. And then boom. Storms in. <laughs> DLP materializes from the shadows just as Dark Lord Harrison used to. Because you're my long lost family. Comes in like, hello, I'm not going to knock and I'm not going to ask to come in. I am here now. I am here to destroy everything. He's like, if you thought the rose ceremony from hell was from hell, wait until you see the resurrection from hell. That's really from hell. DLP then tells the family that he cares a lot about their son. And I was like, is he about to love level four of the ultimate Viking? And he wants to throw his hat in the ring potentially, but he didn't. <laughs> Dark Lord Palmer says, I was very shocked. It was emotional and it was difficult for me, which I enjoyed that he got in there. <laughs> this is DLP's whole life. I mean, that's, that is some real Dark Lord Harrison shit. Like I really care about what's happening here. And 
who yeah. these people are. And maybe DLP does a little bit. This is his first season. I'm sure Alex Michelle holds a soft spot in DLH's heart and probably Clayton always will for DLP. But like that's going to get shaved off. Once he's five, six seasons deep, he's not going to give a fuck about anybody. <laughs> oh, God. So then Ultimate Viking tells DLP that he wants to talk to Susie again for possible closure, but he wants to see... Clues after dark. Hell Yeah. Always. It's always closed after dark when we record these. UV, Ultimate Viking, tells DLP that he wants to talk to Susie again, possibly for the closure, but he wants to see if there's still something there. DLP says, you know, Ultimate Viking, Susie's still in Iceland. As though this is any surprise, the producers have kept her here until the bitter end because they are angling for this exact thing. They already did this. You know, Clayton, we actually trapped her here for you. But this is learning from their mistakes. <laughs> she wanted to leave. Because in season She's still in here. season 24, they let mm. Madison Pruitt return to Auburn. And then they had to fly DLH to Auburn to bring her back in this exact same way. They knew we can't do that this time. Keep her here. We'll see what happens. And DLP says, you'll get to talk to her tomorrow. And tomorrow, the whole thing will end with some clarity. And then we cut back to the studio. Cheers all around. Everyone loves the misery. And DLP says, Clayton's world just got blown to pieces. And we have our second hot seat. The next Council of Crowns. It's a crown, a ring, and an underdog. <laughs> we got Caitlin Bristow. We got Cassie Randolph. And we got Rodney Matthews. Bristow, the goat, goes first. And she says, at this point, he's always going to break somebody's heart. You can be a victim of being in the moment a little bit too much. You're going to hurt multiple people very deeply. He has to pursue the person he could see a life with. You know, I thank Caitlin because she is the goat and she doesn't mislead me on TikTok. <laughs> okay. No, I thought she gave a good answer here. You know, it was not quite like Vial the Greats, but oh you know, no one's God. was. Uh, Yeah. Then we get to a dark... Dark Lord Palmer, he says, Cassie, you have a unique perspective. What should Susie do? And I just, I mean, we're already drawing the parallels with what is happening, ending the season early. But I, the leaning into the parallel is shocking to me. It was unbelievable. He says, what should Susie do? The reason Cassie Randolph is getting this question is because she was in, at least in the game, a similar situation. She left the show, and the lead pursued her after she left to get her to come back into the show with the help. All of this was facilitated by the show, by producers, on season 23 with Colton Underwood, and now it's being facilitated by producers once again with Clayton and Susie Evans on season 26. It's the exact same thing. And famously, I mean, although it was never addressed in the document, after that season... She filed a restraining order against him. He put a tracking device on her car. There were criminal allegations. Like it ended in a, a very bad way. And now they have her on stage as the expert in this type of thing when the guy's going to pursue you after you've decided to leave. It is so strange to me that they did this. I, I honestly couldn't believe it. it. It was extremely like, and the fact that she couldn't talk about that. It was reminiscent to me of when they had Rachel Lindsay come out to talk about, in quotes, bullying, but officially told her, you cannot say the word racism. It's it's also in the way that Cassie answers this. She's like, well, it's deja vu watching this for sure. And watching her season, like compare, for her to compare to her season, it's like that's when she developed this relationship. And 
like horrible things have happened from that situation. I can't believe they're asking her about it in a way where she's like not going to be able to be real about that situation or they would edit it out. Mm-hmm. It was like Hunger Gamesian to me in a way that nothing else in this episode was where it's just like Hunger Games is about like this horrible dark sh- murder. It's about fucking murder. But they have the show where they interview him and it's like, what was it like when you were out there and that guy got murdered in front of you? And it had that same tone of like the we're going to shine this up and polish it. And this is all fun, isn't it? Cassie also says like basically like does try to answer this. Like she left in the first place. She should stick with her intuition. I hope she doesn't feel pressure from him to have a relationship or pressure to give a happy ending to the show where it's like she obviously had that pressure. Of course she's talked about it. I mean, and the pressure to, of the show is really, she's getting a slight dig there at the producers saying like yes. they did have a heavy hand in what happened to me on my season. And that is obviously that same hand is going to be applied to Susie Evans. They flew her dad out. No shit. <laughs> yeah. And she basically says, look at it for not for what Susie wants it to be, but for what it is. And Dark Lord Palmer says, Rodney, that's your guy. And I think it was a big mistake to have Rodney go last because Rodney starts to get into this. <laughs> he says, well, it's so tough to think about the position that he's in right now, but follow your heart. Think before you speak, living in the moment a little too much, maybe. And DLP says, well, he wears his heart on his sleeve and cuts off Rodney here, assuming like the telecast ended, but it came off very bad. <laughs> I agree. They just steamroll Rodney. Poor Rodney. Not how you want to end your shows, cutting off the underdog. And then DLP says, it's one of the most insane endings we've ever seen. And he asks us to come back tomorrow to see how everything wraps up. Not even Clayton knows how it ends. You may think you know who it is, but you actually don't. When he's talking about who the Bachelorette's going to be, it's Gabby, obviously. And the most shocking finale in Bachelor history, he says, we get the teaser, dramatic emotional conclusion to Ultimate Vikings Journey. DLP comes to Susie's room to beg her to see Clayton once again. This is, it's just a mirror image of DLH in Auburn doing that with Madison Pruitt in season 24. And we see arguments with Rekia and Gabby Windy uh, and the Ultimate Viking and tears from the Ultimate Viking. Everybody else too. It seems like it's going to all end in disaster. And we have no tag here at the end of this episode. What would those horses have done? I don't know. Probably fucking drop some turds. Maybe they could have taken Uh, a new spot as the greatest creature, the most loved creature of all time. But that wraps it up. Who was your MVP? For her instant tear play, for her double play of the game, refusing a rose at the rose ceremony, for her continued setup of her future heartbreak edit, Gabby Windy was my. M M M M V P. Who was yours? Gabby Wendy was also my M M M M M V P. I just thought that the refusal of the rose in a final rose ceremony or what essentially was a final rose ceremony, an impromptu one, one round before it was a officially a fantasy suite rose ceremony, but there were only two players left. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we, we, we all saw it. We all saw it. <laughs> <laughs> that to me was like, that's historic. That is like some big, big professional player energy right there. Mm-hmm. That's just like, no, 
I control the game. The game doesn't control me. Once you're like elevate your play style elevates you above the game, that's when you're really showing off like I can be the bachelor. I'm a lead. This the game is beneath me now. Not only that, but she has like the lines ready. Like the you want to walk me out? I mean, chilling. Oh god. Yes. She was fantastic. Wonderful performance. And not to say that Rachel Reckia didn't play well. She did play well. Absolutely. It gave me my favorite face play of the episode for sure. <laughs> no, she played fantastically too. But like in that moment where Gabby refuses the rose and you see Reckia just being like, what the fuck just happened? She didn't even think that was a possibility. And that shows a weakness in her game. Anything is possible in our beloved game. You just, you have to do it within the, the construct or the confines of the game itself. You can fuck with roses and shit like that. But you can refuse a rose always. And to do it in that moment, there's only two fucking roses left. You're like, end of game. Buzzer. Uh, it was just brilliant. I'm calling the game over with this. She transcended tonight from just like the funniest player in the season, the most entertaining player. And that's why we'd like to see her as Bachelorette too. Oh, she understands how this game works better than anyone. She's, I mean, she's very, might I say it, Bristonian. I mean, she has been this colorful narrator, powerful force, friend of the second audience, friend of the third audience. And she's done some emotional play as well. You know, she had the whole setup yeah, with sure. her dad and grandpa, grandpa family work. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I she's just a fantastic player. I think she's the obvious choice for Bachelorette, which I think will be revealed tomorrow night, which we will be covering tomorrow night's game or tonight's game, I guess, as you're listening to this. We're recording it on Monday night, but we will bring you the coverage of Tuesday's game on Friday. Yes. And then next Monday, we're going to have a digging deeper that is going to... I don't I don't know how we're going to survive it. <laughs> you sound like Dark Lord Palmer now. It's going to blow your cork off. <laughs> if you think you've seen other digging deepers... You just get ready for the digging deeper from hell. <laughs> you thought this was a frozen paradise? Think again. You're in the goddamn pit. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there are already a massive amount of crazy clips, and there haven't even been podcasts yet about the shit we're seeing. I don't know how we're going to get through it all. So... We will do our best, but that'll be out next Monday. But this Friday is going to be the coverage of Tuesday night's game, the grand finale, the announcement of The Bachelorette, et cetera, et cetera. We hope you'll join us for it. And thank you for joining us for this recap. And before we go, as always, what is the Dwab at? It has been 7,295 days without an Asian bachelor. Praise be. Our beloved game. Please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us. And then please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us. And then please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us and then. 